Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the MMA Scope. I'm Patrick Shaheen, a.k.a. Pat the Dog, here with my good buddy. Uh, Cole Henry. Um, well, bud, as always, how was your weekend? Uh, horrible. Uh, I have no hope. It's very Shakespeare-esque. I'm listening. You love something, and then it burns. And you watch it burn. And you ask yourself, will you ever really heal? Do you have a death in the family? or? Um, I'm still mourning the loss of the New Orleans Saints in the NFC Championship game. Yeah. And this morning, Mm -hmm. reports came out that Anthony Davis told the New Orleans Pelicans, my favorite basketball team, I am a partial season ticket holder. Good seats, too. Cole can vouch for that. Um, He was not intending to re-sign with the team and will be moving on after the 2020 season if they fail to move him. Burn it all down. There's a phoenix out there and... North Carolina by the name of Zion Williamson. If you don't wipe up the tears, I'm going to ask you to leave. I can't control it. Okay. Anyway, we're going to move How on. How was your to, weekend, it, it was, I mean... Better than mine. Nothing I can say will compare to what you said, so we're just going to skip okay. it. Uh, we're going to move on to, the, to, to reviewing the Bellator uh, 214 card. That, that was part of my weekend, was watching that card. Um, I enjoyed that part of the weekend. The, yeah, so you had some some excitement there. Um, real quick, looking at the undercard, uh, as always, the undercard was mostly filled with fighters that were local to uh, to the area. They, of course, fought in um, Inglewood, California. But uh, one notable fighter on the undercard was uh, Weber Almeida, who's a training partner of Leota Machida. Another one, though, was, um, of course, his name, uh, AJ Agazarm. Who uh, is a former, or he's a world jiu-jitsu champion. He made his MMA debut, and he uh, didn't get the result that he wanted. We're going to talk a little bit more about that later. But for now, we're going to move on to the main card. Uh, the first fight was Adele Altamimi defeated Brandon McMahon with a slick armbar uh, early in the first round. Uh, That's a nice armbar. Yes, and uh, Altamimi has a pretty interesting story. I would tell it, but I don't really know it well enough to do that. But basically, he was uh, a contractor for the U.S. military in, uh, I believe, Iraq, and he was captured, and uh, it's a pretty crazy story. Anyway, it's all led to him competing for Bellator now, and he was able to get his first official win, and uh, he had uh, some interesting celebrities with him. I think he had, uh, what's that guy, the actor? I can't, of course, I can't think of his name. Chris Pratt, yeah, Chris Pratt with him. I, uh, apparently he's... I did not see Chris Pratt, but I'll take your word for yeah, it. Yeah, he was apparently there. We uh, were in L.A., so... Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Why do people go to the Forum? I don't know. What's your issue with the Forum? There's, I mean, I guess for Bellator, maybe Staples is out of the question. Maybe Staples was out of the question for the UFC because they probably had a Lakers game. So, I'm done. Sorry. Great uh, historic stadium. A lot of championships won in that building. Mm. That trend continued to uh, Saturday. Anyway, on up the card, we had uh, Juan Archuleta dropping down to Bantamweight. He beat Ricky Bandejas. Bandejas was most famous for upsetting uh, James Gallagher. 
Um, it was Bendejas. It was a pretty good back and forth fight. Archuleta won. Uh, he could be looking at a title shot. As far as Ricky Bandejas, it's a pretty thin division, and he had such a notable win over James. He did Gallagher. not look bad. No, not at all. He, he had some. Uh, his kicks looked good. He, uh, you know, there were, there were certain points of the fight where it looked like he was going to take over. Archuleta's just, just got more experience on him. A whole lot more. And Archuleta came to fight that night. Yeah, I think his I think Juan Archuleta's record is like twenty three and one or something or twenty two and one. So he's a uh, title shot. Yeah. Who holds the Bellator bantamweight? Uh, Darian Caldwell does, which is it's weird because Caldwell just fought in Ryzen and lost to Kyoji Horiguchi, but he is technically still the Bellator bantamweight champion. So uh, yeah, I would assume Caldwell could you know he'll either fight Archuleta next or they'll get Horiguchi to come over to fight in Bellator. But uh, we'll have to see. Uh, on up the card, we saw the uh, MMA debut of former WWE Swagger. Exactly, we saw the uh, the debut of former WWE superstar uh, Jack Swagger, who's uh, he competed under his I guess his given name, which is uh, Jake Hager. Is that what he was going for? Yeah, he was that, trying to be himself. Yeah, which is he, he did not go he, the CM Punk route. He yelled a whole bunch. Oh, we the people. That was like his entrance. I guess. Pretty much his WWE entrance. I, I found it, that interesting. He paid like homage. Well, I don't know the the whole art. Well, thing that's was. the thing is that's on a T shirt. Yeah. Just Jack yeah. Swagger on that. I don't know. You know, you always do hear that the WWE is super serious about I their guess copyrights. You can't copyright we the people because it's in the. Well, it's always possible though that I mean Vince McMahon probably knows that Jack Swagger is only going to be able to do MMA for so long. And he probably knows his swagger will come back to the WWE eventually. And maybe, I guess... Maybe even a bigger uh, Yeah, you know, if he has a lot of success in Bellator and, you know, that phrase becomes popular, you know, it just... It works well, for McMahon. Let's talk about the success he had. He beat up... Um, a drunk guy. I'd say the 2019 version of Tank Abbott. I want to say they, they may have even made that comparison on the broadcast. I wouldn't give this guy Tank Abbott. No, not okay. I don't mean to disrespect Tank Abbott. I don't mean it that way. But I just mean this guy was like a... Yeah, he talked about how he'd only had one pro fight, but that he had... Uh, We're referring to J.W. Kaiser? Which the J.W. stood for John Wayne. That's... Is that his real... Name? John Wayne Kaiser. Okay, that's cool. I really wish that guy was a, a a really good fighter. He's not. No. He's been in a bunch of fights, apparently. Apparently. That's what he, smokers. He, smokers. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it was that fight went about how you'd expect a fight between a guy whose background is smokers. Um, you know. That guy's what five ten. Yeah, and you Jack Swagger's six. He's six four, five, six four, five. six five. Well, you know. He was much larger. Yeah, much larger Jay guy. He has the uh, amateur wrestling background, and uh, that's what we saw. He actually he took a shot moving in to clinch with Kaiser, right on the chin, but he took it okay, and eventually. Uh, he took a few. He, yeah. Kaiser got a few little. Uh, he got a. He's punching him in the back of the head when they were on the ground. And that kind of continued. He kept he got the side of the face a few times, mostly the back of the head. Yeah. Uh, good fight, good fight for uh, Jack Swagger. He he beat he beat that guy pretty handily. Yeah, he uh, ended up taking him down with a double leg and landed a pretty sharp elbow to uh, soften Kaiser up a little bit, and then he. Finished him with an arm triangle uh, just over two minutes into the first round. So it'll definitely be interesting to see what he's capable of doing. He looked, uh, let's put it this way. I know, you know, I guess the competition was different, but he looked a whole lot better in his, uh, 
Bellator debut than Greg Hardy did in his UFC debut. But anyway, uh, well, wrestling is fighting, you know, it translates well. We talking about pro wrestling? Yeah, the more advanced version of amateur wrestling. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, I guess yeah. It, the names are to be believed. Kurt Angle, be you believed. ever heard of him? <laughs> Valid point. Um. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, uh, on to the co-main event, we saw a pretty big upset, I guess, if you want to look at it that way. Uh, banger, 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 then again, banger, banger, banger. We, we had Henry Corrales uh, knock out Aaron Pico a minute and seven seconds into their fight. And I, I called it an upset, but really, you know, Henry Corrales has probably three or four times as many fights as Aaron Pico. Aaron Pico's just got a height train longer than probably anybody Wait, I've ever seen. Right before the fight, I don't know officially what you picked on here for that fight. You look at me and you're like, Aaron Pico's about to get knocked out. And you were right. And when you were right, you flipped out. It was a great scene. That was the most entertaining part of the night for myself. That might be the best one minute and seven second fight I've ever seen. Yeah, Pico came in, landed some shots. Corrales landed some shots. I want to say Pico dropped Corrales. And then he just went for the kill. Left himself open. Corrales countered him with a right hook, I believe it was. And uh, Pico, I mean, he he buckled. He went out. Yeah. But uh, Corrales hit him three times on the way down. Yeah, it was. <clears throat> and you know, it's it's Henry Corrales has uh, he had he's think, a good fighter. Yeah, man. and I think this marked his fifth straight win in Bellator. But if you look at his record, he debuted and fought. Th- I know it was he fought Daniel Strauss, maybe Pat Curran, and and Patricio Pitbull. I think. Three fights in a row, he lost all three of those, and uh, you know. So this is really the first notable win he's had. But uh, again, it's mostly just you know for the hype surrounding Pico more than anything Pico's actually accomplished up to this point. But uh, speaking about Pico for a second, it's uh, interesting, I guess, to see that he's always fighting these guys with so much more experience than him. But, uh, you know, this was pretty much beaten to death on the broadcast. But he, he was noted for his wrestling coming into his MMA career. And we haven't seen that at all. So hopefully going forward, he'll uh, stop leaving his chin out so much and maybe resort to his wrestling a little bit. He didn't finish Corrales. Corrales was in a bad spot, man. He I remember the punch. His hands hit the deck. Like, he went into a crowd's position because he couldn't keep his balance. And he kind of rolls on his back. Pico's got a jump on him right there, and he hesitated. And, I, you know, I'm not in the moment, you know what I mean? But maybe if Pico jumps on him, he gets that win. I I, I would imagine psychologically it does something to hit somebody with your best shot and they get back up. Yeah. He's got to, I would assume. Um. Great fight. Banger, banger. Watch it if you didn't see it. Yeah, it was definitely a good fight. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Pico going forward. I know Henry Corrales won, but still coming out of this, Aaron Pico's just just interesting for some reason. I think because of you know because of the hype and just so many people talked him up, and he's had uh, you know just six fights into his career, he's had some pretty spectacular KO wins, but you know he's had some pretty spectacular losses as well. So um, yeah, uh, on to the main event. Uh, it was the finals of the Bellator Heavyweight Grand Prix as well as uh, the first Bellator Heavyweight title fight uh, in s- several years, at least since Vitaly Menikov, um 
vacated the belt. Um, anyway, Bader, of course, was the light heavyweight champion coming into this fight, and Fedor was Fedor. He's one of the uh, the greatest fighters in mixed martial arts history. Uh, well, what, what do you think about this fight? <clears throat> Fedor didn't look bad. He was in shape. Oh, you mean physically? He was yeah. staying distant. But at the same time, in his pocket, like, he has that weird range. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just he couldn't take that punch, and it was sad to see. Yeah, he just didn't... It didn't look like he saw it coming at all. He, uh... It was a slick punch. Yeah, Bader just clocked him. And, left um, hook? Lead left I hook? I think it was a lead left hook, yeah. And, and then the thing is... The, it came in quick. I guess just what's depressing is that, you know, thinking about the fight on paper... I mean, I know this is hindsight, but just... Honestly, thinking about the fight on paper, you know, it seemed like if you think about it, you've got a 42-year-old Fedor against a young, you know, 35-year-old Ryan Bader. But I know there's only a seven-year age difference, but it's they're decades apart in fight experience, you know, or, or fight, I guess, uh, just the damage that Fedor, it's just and, and totally different. Ryan Bader's had his fair share of fights. Yeah, yeah. Fedor Milenko. Yeah, Bader looked phenomenal physically, and like I was saying, like it looked like, you know, coming into it that Bader could be capable of doing that to Fedor, but you just thought that Fedor maybe was going to figure something out. But uh, and you know, I I want to see Gustafsson Bader now. I want to know. I would like to see Miritich Bader. I think that would be a really good fight. You know, I want to know where these guys rank because it's John Jones, Daniel Quinn, two or five and above. John Jones, Daniel Cormier, could Ryan Bader be the third best guy there? Probably. I I don't know. That is interesting. It's hard to say how good of a heavyweight he is. Like if he competed in the UFC, like it, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how, how how good he did at heavyweight. He probably wouldn't be there if he was still in the UFC. But anyway, at light heavyweight, yeah, Bader could easily be three or four. You know, Gustafsson would be the uh, argument there as to whether or not he's three or four. Uh, anyway, there's been lots of uh, people talking about you know him potentially fighting John Jones again, just obviously hypothetically. But uh, I I don't know if he would do any better against Jones the second time than he did the first. But it's definitely clear that moving to Bellator has been a great move for Ryan Bader. And uh, in, money, Ryan Bader. In five fights, he's barely been touched. Uh, he's won two, two championships, two belts, and then you know at a tournament, uh, and he's. You know, as close to being the face of Bellator as he'll probably ever be. He's, uh, you know, without meaning to insult him, there's just something a little bit bland about him. So he'll probably never be just a superstar, but I do think he could become a, you know, a pretty big star for Bellator. He's their best fighter. Yeah. So, uh. That was a good card. Yeah, it I was. had fun watching it. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, Bellator will be back in a couple of weeks. Um,. But next weekend, we'll have the UFC uh, on ESPN Plus card. But before that, I want to go over a, four, a few things that are going on at MMA Torch. Um, first off, there's an article up. We were just talking about Aaron Pico. and David McGrath has an article up uh, titled, Don't Be So Quick to Judge Pico. And, uh, you know, it's basically what it sounds like. And it, we touched a lot of, on a lot of that earlier, just... Aaron Pico is so young into his career. There's so much expectations, and uh, he's still got a long road ahead of him. But um, he's definitely going to be judged now, even if it's not uh, warranted. Uh, 
but that's an article that you need to read. Uh, there's also a McGregor poll up that asks who his next opponent should be, and the options listed are Donald Cerrone, Max Holloway, or another, and uh, then it suggests that you enter in who the other might be. Uh, who, who would you vote for in that poll? McGregor, Cerrone, or would you have somebody else? Or sorry, yeah, uh, Cerrone, Holloway, or somebody else? I think those are my two top guys. I don't know which fight I'd like to see more. I'd love to see Max and Connor run it back. Does Connor want to drop to one forty five? Probably not. Um, shoot, man, Max could go up to one fifty five. Have nothing to lose. Bunch of money to make. I I'd like to see both of those fights equally. Uh, I would probably pick Max, but I think Donald would be. I think Cerrone and McGregor would be great. Both of those fights would be great. <clears throat> For some reason, competitively, probably Holloway's the bigger and better fight, but I think personally I prefer to see Cerrone and McGregor just for, you know, I want uh, Cerrone to get the payday, and honestly, it just would be a good fight. Like, it would. They're two of the biggest stars of this generation. Two of the best and, strikers. Yeah, I mean, they should compete against each other, I think. It'd be um, a fun fight to watch. Yeah. Anyway, so... Neither guy would be looking to take it down. No. Nah. Well, I mean, Cerrone, you never know. Cerrone could, but chances are he'd be, you know, he'd be willing to... Stand and trade. But uh so yeah, anyway, MMATorch.com, definitely get on there, check out David McGrath's article about Aaron Pico, uh the Conor McGregor poll, be sure to vote. There's uh the Daily News as always, there's round tables and uh a lot of other stuff uh for you to check out. Um, okay, up next we're gonna talk a little bit about the UFC fight night card. We're just gonna go over the main card because we're kinda already uh running long here. There is some notable fighters on the preliminary card though. We've got uh Syed Nurmagomedov competing against Ricardo Ramos. Um and then Tiago Alves is fighting Max Griffin and then Marcus Perez will be competing against Anthony Hernandez. Hernandez of course uh first gained notoriety on Dana White's Tuesday night contender series. Um, anyway, on to the main card. Uh, at Women's Strawweight, we've got Livia Renata Souza fighting uh, Sarah Froda. That might be a misspelling, or might not be. Honestly, I'm just not familiar with I'm that I'm going to go with Froda. Yeah, we'll say. We'll go with it. Uh, next fight, I want to talk a little bit about it. It's a light heavyweight fight between Johnny Walker and Justin Lede. Uh Justin Lede was undefeated as a heavyweight. Dropped down to light heavyweight and uh, lost in his debut there. He just got outworked. Uh, I can't remember who the opponent was, but it was a wrestler, and he just got out grappled. Um, and I, honestly, I, with him being matched up with Johnny Walker, I would say that's a, probably um, a bit of a representation of how the UFC feels about him. Because Johnny Walker's got a lot of uh, hype behind him right now. He debuted in the UFC with a super impressive KO win, and he'll be looking to follow that up here. So this is definitely going to be an interesting fight. Both of these guys are, are strikers, so... Uh, Seen Ledet fight a few times. I want to say he competed on a card that we went to, but I don't know which one it would have been. Probably, right? Probably yeah. Dallas. He's from the, the Texas, yeah. you know, area. That's a huge area. Well, like, Fortis, <laughs> does he train with Ryan? Uh, no, I want to say he trains out of just some random gym. Like, it's just, a, you know, like a, an obscure... I remember his last fight. I remember the fight you're talking about. Yeah. So that'll be a fight to watch, uh, for sure, on the main card. Johnny Walker really looks like he could be a, a future contender at light heavyweight. He uh, looked fantastic in his UFC debut. Uh, on up the card to lightweight, we've got the UFC's all-time leader in submission wins, Charles Oliveira fighting 
Muay Thai expert David Timer. Uh, Timer's looked fantastic in the UFC so far. He's had several fight of the night performances. And uh, Charles Oliveira is always dangerous on the ground. Um, as a matter of fact, statistically, he's more dangerous than anybody. Uh, he's always back and forth from lightweight and featherweight, but he's back to lightweight here. And uh, this is really... I don't Very know who's fight. yeah. I don't know who's going to be the favorite here. Tamer's really really tricky on the feet, but we've never really seen him uh, fight somebody who's capable of taking a fight to the ground and if, finishing if it there. If you get if Charles Oliveira gets you down, I don't know what the percentage is, but it is the lowest or highest in the UFC right now or ever. That he's going to finish you. Yeah, you have to have a very aggressive submission defense to be able to, to, to deal with him. He'll work it for the entire round and then get it in the last 30 seconds. Yeah, he uh, and he also will get you with a variety. You know, it's not just a guillotine. Yes. Or he, he can get you with anything. Very skilled. Yeah, very uh, very diverse jiu-jitsu game there. Uh, speaking of highly skilled at jiu-jitsu, uh, we've got at welterweight Damian Maya fighting Lyman good. Uh, Maya has been in the UFC for ages. He's fought for uh, the welterweight and the middleweight championship. He's uh, one of the best jiu-jitsu fighters and just grapplers, period, to ever compete in the UFC. But uh, this is definitely a bit of a step down in competition for him against Lyman good. And it's, uh, you know, Maya's probably towards the end of his career. He's into his 40s. Uh, he's, I think he's lost three straight fights, which is the most he's ever lost in his career. So, um, and then Lyman Good has actually looked, you know, it's kind of weird. Lyman Good has looked good as of late. So, um, this is definitely a big step up for Lyman Good. But uh, again, you know, Maya hasn't been exactly um, fighting at the highest level as of late. But, you know, as always, if he can get the fight down to the ground, I'm sure he can end Damian it. Damian uh, Maya's a legend. Yeah, I'm just kind of rambling. You have any thoughts about that? Damian Maya's a legend. Uh, Look, good, that boy good. You know, that boy good. You know what I mean? That boy good. Uh, I'm going Maya for picking. Uh, I, I've never seen a Lyman good fight, in all honesty, but Damian Maya uh, is one of the best in the world to this day at the World Pro Division. Uh, Good's been around for a while. He... Uh competed in Bellator and now he's in the UFC he dealt with a suspension suspension for PEDs for a while so he hasn't been super active but uh, he's been competing more as of late and uh, I'm going to go with Maya too here and I hope that maybe he can win this fight and uh, I don't know I, I hate to wish retirement on anybody but it'd be cool to see him win this fight here maybe retire in his home country or Brazil but um, anyway on to the co-main event Jose Aldo uh, versus Hinata Moicano bang 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 banger Jose Aldo is, of course, a former WEC and UFC featherweight champion and arguably the greatest featherweight in UFC history, though he does uh, have a serious challenger now in uh, the former Max Holloway. And according to Dylan Danis, Conor McGregor as well, but we're not going to talk about that on this episode. Um, anyway, and then Hanato Moicano uh, is one of the best young prospects, and really at this point contenders in the division. He uh, was just a couple of minutes away from probably earning a decision win over uh uh what's his name brian ortega but ortega ended up catching him in a guillotine and um this was two or three fights ago for ortega anyway this is another opportunity for morcano to uh, probably put himself in line for a title shot if he beats aldo here you gotta figure he's gonna get the next shot at max holloway real quick 
Can we have an episode dedicated solely to Dylan Danis? Mm. Yeah, I mean... Okay. Um, great fight. Great fight. I love it. Uh, Jose Aldo won the best of all time. Pound for pound. Like, the dude was unstoppable before Conor McGregor in that left hand came along. Uh, Hanato Moicana is a bad, bad man. That Brian Ortega fight, he beat Brian Ortega that night. Until and, the submission. Until the yeah. submission. And then he's got some wins. He's got a win over Cub Swanson. He's got a win over Jeremy Stevens. You can't give Aldo Max three. Yeah. yeah. I just can't. I can't. I don't want to see it. I, Jose Aldo might be the second best featherweight right now, but he's not the best. Max Holloway's just better than him. He's younger, faster, more powerful. He's bigger, better, bigger. everything. Uh, but this particular fight is a great fight. I'm a huge Jose fan. Uh, big Mokano fan. Looking forward to it. I'm going to pick Hanato. I'm gonna go with uh, I think I'm gonna go with Aldo, but I don't know if Moicano does win, that'll be for uh, sure title shot. Yeah, and it'll just be interesting because a, a loss at this point. I mean, it's unlikely that Aldo will get another title shot anyway, as long as Holloway has the belt. But um, a loss to Renato Moicano here will pretty much end all hope at uh, ever getting another crack at that belt. Uh, speaking of crack at the belt, it's very possible, depending on outside circumstances, uh, that the winner, yeah, Henry Cejudo, that the winner of uh, the main event could potentially fight T.J. Dillashaw for the UFC Bantamweight Championship. Uh, Rafael Sunsal and Marlios, or sorry, Marlon Marias actually already competed uh, once before in Marias' UFC debut, and Sunsal won that one by split decision. But since then, Marias has gone on a three-fight tear. He beat Aljamain Sterling. Um, oh, his name's going to slip my mind now that I'm trying to think of it. Jimmy Rivera, and then he has a third win in there, too. Um, he's looked fantastic. Those as two guys alone, Aljamain and Jimmy Rivera. Mm-hmm, yeah. That's and then world-class competition. Sunsal's pretty much does nothing but win. Uh, both guys deserve a title shot, especially with a win over the other. Um, what do you think about that one? Anything specifically? I think it's very cool that we're actually getting a real number one contender fight. Uh, if that ends up being what... That's the thing. is Even if Henry and TJ fight, which I think they will for the 135 belt, we'll see how that fight goes... But if Henry beats TJ twice, the winner of this fight should get the next 135 shot. And if TJ defends his belt, then the winner of this fight should get a shot at TJ. So even if that plays out, I think both of these, the winner of this fight will be in great position. I am going to pick Rafael Sunsau. Really? I, I like Marlon. I, I do. I, I mean, they did fight not that long ago. And a Sunsau won, but it was so close. You know, it wasn't like it was a one-sided win for a Sunsau. I'm leaning towards Marias, but I think it's just because I'm such a fan of his fighting style. Um, Rafael Sunsau's good, but I, I do think I'm going to go with Marlon Marias on this one. Uh, I think it'll be close, just like the first one. Um, and I don't think he'll finish a Sunsau, but I do think maybe he could get by with a close decision and... Um, Hopefully fight TJ Dillashaw, because that would be an epic fight. They're both very good strikers. 
Now this card taking place in beautiful Fortaleza, Brazil. Is that tell what me, it is? Tell me something about Fortaleza, Brazil. Um, well, it's hosting the UFC fight night. Uh, uh, one forty-four. One forty-four. Yeah. Good you, number. You tried. Sometimes that's all that matters. Um, one forty-four is a good number. What specifically about one forty-four do you like? I don't mean the card. I mean the number. It's a multiple. Are you sure? Oh God. It's a multiple. Of you want to say about that card or the number 144 watch it by ESPN plus yeah good stuff. yeah for sure uh, for sure I agree some good fights on this card anyway uh, one thing I want to do real quick is uh, I'm always interested in trying to find list of uh, the UFC's recent signings but perhaps more interestingly is who uh, They've decided to cut. So I'm going to go over a list of guys who the UFC uh, no longer has listed on their roster. And also I'm going to give some updates on a couple of fighters that have recently been cut and what they've been doing since they've been cut. Uh, we're going to start off, and, and again, not all of these have been cut super recently, but we're just going to start with uh, these guys and uh, we'll update the list each week going forward. But uh, So we'll start with uh, Dennis Bermudez and Chad Mendez, both of whom uh, retired recently. But... Um, Aside from those two, uh, recently cut from the active roster, uh, we have uh, Craig White, Rolando D, Naoki Inoue, Jason Knight, Matt Bassett, and Joby Sanchez. Uh, of course, the notable one on there is probably Jason Knight. Good uh, fighter puts on entertaining fights, which you have to win in this business, but that's as valuable as winning, if you ask me. Yeah, I think a lot of people would agree with you. He had an exciting fighting style. The whole Hick Diaz thing was just kind of a funny name. Uh, I mean, we're from Louisiana, but he... Uh, He's from Mississippi, huh? Yeah, Mississippi, but even... It, it, he yeah, was, we know some dudes. So. He, was, he was something else. Uh but anyway, he uh, he's a guy, he's still young. And again, he went on a, a nice run in the UFC. And then he had that Ricardo Lamas loss. And he just never really recovered and from that. And he fought Cerrone right after that. I don't think he did. Jason Knight didn't fight Cerrone? No. You're probably thinking of Miles Jury. I don't know who you'd be thinking of. <laughs> you tried. Almost positive Jason no. Knight was slated to fight. Nope. Cowboy. Different divisions. Do you want to issue an apology? To who? <laughs> to who? Anyway. Fuck everyone. Let's walk. <laughs> oh. Let's go. Anyway. Um, I'm probably going to edit that out. Anyway. <laughs> and then, uh, anyway, so yeah, Jason Knight's definitely a guy that we could potentially see back in the UFC um, sometime in the future if he's able to 
string a few wins together. And then uh, a couple of guys that have recently been cut that have already uh, got back to action. That'd be Eric Spicely, who uh, recently picked up a fresh-round TKO in CES MMA. And then uh, Chase, the Vanilla Gorilla Sherman, uh, picked up a first-round TKO in Island Fights. So, uh, because but, Chase Sherman is a good fighter. Yeah, he's another guy that'll probably get back into the UFC. He's uh, in pretty a weak division. I don't understand uh, that one. Weak division, so he'll probably get re-signed for that. Plus, he's just uh, 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 he's yeah, a big guy. He's pretty entertaining on social media, which the UFC seems to prefer that to anything else uh, at this point. So. Uh, yeah, we'll probably see Chase Sherman back in the UFC at some point. But uh, I think the last thing we're going to touch on, and I don't know why I care so much about this, but uh, AJ Agazon made his MMA debut for Bellator this past weekend. And it, I just, it could not have gone any worse. It was, it was awful. Uh, he released a quote this morning on his Instagram that said, unlike most fighters who save their embarrassing, clumsy disasters for the end of their careers... I figured I'd just get mine out of the way at the beginning of mine. Use mine twice in the same sentence. Anyway, besides the point. Anyway, uh, and then he uh, signed it, AJ Aga's arm, and then, in quotations, put always innovating, which was kind of funny. Uh, anyway, my only point in bringing this up is that uh, despite the fact that he looked awful in his MMA career, I think it'll be a great shame if we never see him matched up uh, with Dylan Dennis. Um, that's really all I've got to say about that. Do you have anything you want to say before we get out of here? Uh, we need to hold Dylan Dennis episode. Thank you, everyone at MMA Tours. Thank you for everyone who took the time to listen to this. What you got, bud? Uh, just, uh, you know, as always, I encourage you to get on MMA Torch to, uh, check out everything we've got going on there. And, uh, that's pretty much it. I've got to go make some edits to uh, make up for Pat's I'll say it again. many, many mistakes. I'll say it.